0: Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams and created a seven figure online coaching business in just two years. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. Grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor DeHaze podcast. I'm so glad you're here. So listen, messy action has a time and a place, but the one thing that I find more often than anything else, truly anything that else, and I I mean this one when I say it, is that business owners, maybe even you are not tracking a damn thing in your business, and if you might, I don't know, maybe you're starting to track things. Maybe that sounds daunting. Maybe it sounds scary, right? But we're talking about KPIs, key performance indicators. These are the, this is going to be exactly how you're going to assess what's working well in your business, what's not working so well. And there's a million KPIs you could track in your business. Okay. But for today's purpose, This episode is for you. If you are somebody that is still climbing to that first quarter million year and starting out wherever you are along the way, I'm going over metrics that are a must have in your business. The higher you climb, the more nuanced you get. Right. But this is one of the things I really instill in my clients and their businesses, and it's how we make decisions. Okay, so again. When we're talking about KPIs and what to track and how to track it, you want to think about the trajectory of your business, right? Where do you want to go? Where is the desire? And also, right, we have to figure out if we are progressing. It's really easy in business to make decisions based on how you feel and not on what's actually happening, right? An example, oh, I feel like this month hasn't been that great. Okay, well, show me your KPIs, right? What are sales showing? Right. Let me see your lead tracker. What am I seeing? Okay, I'm going to give you points of data that I would love for you to include and start incorporating into your business. So let's dive in. This one is going to be definitely to the point. And again, the whole point of tracking data in your business is so we can assess progress from a non bias lens. When we are scaling and building and growing, we have to be able to make decisions without an emotional attachment. Again, inserting KPIs, key performance indicators. So the first thing I want you to track is your client retention. The average client retention for an online fitness coach is about nine months. So here's where I get to ask you, what is yours? Okay, there's a million ways, a million ways you could track this. It could be a spreadsheet or whatever. You're going to you're going to hear me probably on Instagram or wherever, talk about using the tool Asana quite a bit. Asana is one of my favorite project management tools. My team and I use that. It's a great way for me to assign tasks to my team, even to myself, due dates, recurring due dates, things like that. But it's also great to post various metrics and to use for client knowledge and data. So not necessarily retention, but when you're tracking retention, if you notice that retention is lacking, right? Like maybe you're like, well, Taylor, I don't really have people that stay much longer than three months. I don't have people that stay much longer than six months, right, and I don't even know how you have your business set up, okay, but typically what I recommend is having at least a three-month commitment and then it rolling month to month after that. I do know some coaches that like to have a certain month retention and then a re-sign after that, but again, there's no right way to do that. However, if you start to notice that everyone is dropping off after the 90 days, here's what I would encourage you to do, right? Set up something in Asana so that you can basically create a client, like a client task, so to speak, to where at the end of their contract, the last week of their contract, you can set a reminder for yourself to reach out to them, to touch base with them, to kind of ensure that everything is, you know, working very well and organize your clients that way. You can also keep, you know, past clients in there and have kind of a database on average of how long clients left. So Asana is great for tracking as well, right? Putting client start dates, client end dates. You could even add in there like reasons for leaving. You could create sub tags for that as well. You could do something like this in Airtable. You could do something like this in, like I said, Nick. Excel sheet. It really depends on what you and your team are using, but we definitely want to know what client retention is because if client retention starts to fall, We need to know that for how many sales to make. Right. So if you are constantly getting, you know, if you're if you're churning clients every 90 days, it's going to be really hard to scale your business. Right. The goal is to keep clients with you for as long as possible, you know. And again, using just like a macro coach, for example, or whatever, that's the easiest example I can think of in this moment. But, you know, there's the reverse dieting phase, the maintenance phase, the building phase, the dieting phase, all of that. There's so many nutritional phases. Right. And so if you're only keeping clients for 90 days, how are you actually accomplishing right i know that you know some of my clients are embodiment coaches life coaches i work with rds i work with gut health coaches functional health coaching i work with pole coaches i mean all kinds of health wellness so to speak coaches right but the argument still stands like nine months is the average so we want to make sure that we are hitting that on the mark and not and hopefully surpassing that right the next thing i want you to track is your profit and loss so when you're thinking about just metrics in your business How are you tracking your income, your wealth, right? When you're building a business, I wanna make sure that you're learning how to run a business, not just how to make money, okay? Just learning how to make money is not building a business. I wanna make sure that you are understanding what your business is bringing in, what you are spending, how much you are paying yourself, how much you are paying your team, what you're using on ads, like client acquisition costs, that's a whole other conversation, but just any spends, right? So the monetary spend, a profit and loss sheet is pretty easy to keep up. I'm not going to go over how to create a P&L, but I'm hoping that you have a financial advisor at this point. I had a financial advisor as soon as I was laid off. I mean, within probably, you know, two months of getting laid off, I hired somebody and, you know, a, a lot of, most financial advisors are not an upfront cost. Most of them are taking a percentage of an investment or something like that. So for me, it was well worth it to have somebody really kind of keep tabs of that and help me learn how to really manage my finances. And, you know, I was always somebody that was good with finances. I've always been, uh, other than college, I've always been, you know, debt-free. However, starting a business is all on you, right? And, you know, there's other, I could go on a tangent about various things to keep tabs of, but for the sake of this, we'll just keep it with the profit and loss, but good to know as you are growing, right? So I know, and when I say profit and loss, I also want you to keep tabs of your, your gross and your net, right? Like your profit margins. We need to know your profit margins as well. Right? So, you know, that's another way to say it. So, my profit margins as a seven figure business owner right now in December of 2022 are above 80%. So I am making um, like my business is bringing in a lot of money. We are very, very profitable. And for a lot of seven figure businesses, that level of profit margin is not very normal, right? Because at this point in my business, I have built everything organically and I will be dabbling and using ads in the next year in 2023, But up until this point, I have built everything organically and we have very, very high profit margins. So again, keeping tabs of that, right? We want more capital to spend, right? And I knew that I had a very scalable sales mechanism. I had a very scalable organic process, in which case I kept scaling that. I trained my team to use that and we keep sales coming in, right? Next thing I want you to keep tabs up is your recurring revenue. The amount of coaches, when I ask them, how much money did you make this month? How much income did you bring in, contracted, collected? I get a lot of question marks or hold on, let me calculate that. No, 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 no. Like we should not say, "Hold on, let me figure out how much my business made this month." Like that is a red flag for yourself and it's an area of growth, right? You should bare minimum know what you're bringing in every single month as well as the collected versus contracted. So when I say contracted, that is when you get somebody who signed on for, you know, a 6-month contract and they're paying uh, a monthly a monthly payment each month, right? Versus collected, that could be a pay in full or you know any extra cash you got. Maybe you sell intensives, maybe you sell one off coaching calls. That would be the difference there. But I don't care how much cash you make if there is not sustainable monthly recurring revenue. I know pay in fulls feel really really good. But, you know, I have come across coaches that are making well into the multi, multi six figures and their recurring revenue is barely $8,000 a month, okay? And again, 8K a month is great. Love that for you, but if you are making 400 k half a million plus, I want that to be higher for you, right? I want you to wake up tomorrow knowing that you have secured capital coming into your business. And so I have my clients do, uh, we do monthly accountability checks where I collect income, cash, and recurring so that I can see trends and how that business is growing from a monetary standpoint. And if we have a dip or a drop or a you know surge or whatever, I'm able to analyze that and and, and make adjustments, right? If I see that income is dropping for whatever reason, maybe we tried out a new marketing tactic and it didn't work or maybe client retention is dropping, right? If income is dropping, where else can we look? And so if you don't have that laid out on a month-to-month basis in a yearly type of way, right? For us to look at yearly trends year over year, right? That's another thing, right? Recurring revenue year over year. How is your business growing? What percentage did you grow this year versus last year? And just using the data in Stripe is not good enough, right? Like I, yes. Yeah, Stripe can be super helpful. It is amazing, but I want to have that somewhere else as well in a document, right? Okay. Sales metrics. Let's talk about sales metrics. So there's a million, there are a million ways that I could talk about sales metrics. Okay. I'm going to break this down into leads and kind of what I track for my leads and all of that. So the first thing I want you to know is at least bare minimum, your close rate. Okay how many sales calls are you closing keep tabs of this it could be a super simple excel sheet and guys when i when i keep saying track this do that it doesn't have to be some robust crazy system at the beginning right by the time if you're especially if you're a solopreneur okay if you are doing this on your own then have just a spreadsheet where you add data to if you are somebody that has a va or an obm please have them help you with tracking metrics and if your va or obm is not well versed in this Literally shoot me a message. I am happy to say, try this, use this system. That is what I'm here for. And I can probably give you a really, a really simple answer to make your life so much easier. But if we're thinking about close rate, right? Just if you had 10 sales calls calls in the month of whatever and closed eight, okay, great. What about... 20 calls in three months and you closed, you know, 12, I don't know, just you want to keep tabs of it over time. Okay. Some months might be better than others. We just want to keep tabs of that, not only on that metric, but if they said no, why? And did we close them later? So let's talk about your lead tracker. Okay. This is going to be so, so, so critical. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but I'm going to go over it again because maybe you haven't listened to one of my DM podcasts. So let's kind of go over it. And if you do have questions on DM strategy, I have about three podcasts on that. In and of itself, you can go dive into. But I use Airtable because Zapier is super easy to integrate and my team loves it. I love it. It's very robust. It's just super easy and I like it, right? So Airtable, you're going to have... I'm going to pull mine up so I remember every single thing so I don't miss anything because I have quite a bit on my lead tracker. Okay. So I wish you could see what I'm showing you, but that's okay. So what you're going to have is their full name, their username. You're going to have, if they, if you've confirmed contact. So what that means is I will create, you don't have to track this if you don't want to. I'm okay, You're going to find that I track a lot of stuff. Okay. So confirm contact. This means that somebody has messaged me back. Now, If you have a team, it's gonna be a lot easier to keep tabs of this, right? Keep in mind, I do have a sales team, okay? But I will make sure to specify what needs to be tracked regardless. The, The contacted one, the purpose of that is, If you are maybe sourcing on your own and half of the people respond to you, I would add the half that responded to you on your lead tracker and say, confirm contact and confirm contact is not just a double tap. But if you're like Taylor it is too much to add every single lead or every single person I, I reach out to on a lead tracker, then that's fine. Only add the ones that respond to you. That's fine too. That's what I used to do. You're going to want to have the initial contact date, okay the initial contact date so that we know when they actually entered your funnel as well as the last contact date this one might be a little tedious to keep tabs of but if you are if you are re-sparking leads as you should be multiple times a week right in addition to your nurturing process then you may see somebody like wow i didn't chat with them after who knows how long so just want to make sure we're doing that and you want to put closed sales as well if like the closed date as well as what what's their prospect, right? What is it FCA? Is it six figure? Like those are my, my offers, right? But like, what are they a lead for? Are they a lead for a group program for you or a private for you, right? What is the lead status? Hot, warm, or cold, closed, call booked, all of those. If you want to get really specific, you could put the lead source. I do have a sales objection spot as well. I've got notes on there just so I can keep tabs, gender, And all of that, right? So I know that's a lot for leads, but it's it's really really helpful when you are looking at your lead process as a whole, and you can say, okay, I brought this many leads in this week. Of those leads, this many moved to warm, or this many book calls, or this many applied, and then you can see, okay, how long is it taking me to get somebody from totally cold to hot and buying? And that's going to be possible on your lead tracker, okay? And then you know, again, there's a million metrics to track, but When you dive into Instagram metrics, something that I also use Airtable for are my emails, my Instagram posts, and my podcast. So, you know, every every other week, I am scraping data for all of those. So for my emails, I am putting, you know, the open rate, the close rate, the click rate, the unsubscribers. For Instagram, I'm tracking likes, shares, saves. Uh, I don't really care about new followers. Honestly, I'm not really looking at that. And then podcasts, I'm looking at downloads or listens. That way you can see what episodes really popped off, what was really helpful for somebody to listen to. You know, there's a million things to track, right? But again, what I find more often than not is that a lot of coaches do not know how to make decisions because things are not going, I don't know, whether they didn't land a sale, whether you are thinking something should go this way versus that way. It is so easy when I'm working with my clients, when somebody tells me, you know, hey, this didn't happen for Black Friday. I'm not sure why I didn't land this many sales. I can say, let me see your lead tracker, right? How many warm leads did you have? How much time were you spending doing this? You know, what what is your recurring revenue? What's your cash looking like? What is, what is your typical process? Like, it's just a, a very easy way to look at the process as a whole. And of course, as you scale and grow, like KPIs get so much more, you know, like convoluted and <laughs> robust, right? So I'm not even gonna go into like, ads and all of that but as you scale you want to make sure that you have a really great representation of what's going on in your business and other things to track are efficiency right kind of like bonus things to track efficiency how long does it take you to write a week of captions because if it takes you you know four hours right to write a week of captions that's really slow and that's a weak point right or how long does it take for you to create i don't know your canva graphics for a week and if it's taking you all day, right, that way, this gives you data to give off to somebody when you hire them like, hey, this is how many hours I'm spending a week on this. Obviously, that person will probably probably be substantially faster. But, you know, how long does it take you to get an email sequence written? All these things are very, very helpful to know. How long does it take you do your, to do your check ins, right? How many hours per day? How many check ins per day can you actually get done? how many clients could you actually take on and have as a full roster? So again, you know, key performance indicators. I could go on and on and on and on, but the bottom line is, and I keep saying this and I'll say it one more time, but I wanted this episode to be short and to the point, but giving you the basics of just what we are looking at as a whole so we can make make effective decisions right you know especially to my my businesses that are growing and have had you know more reps so if you've had you know over 100 clients you've been in business for a few years like you're making six figures we need to start tracking failed payments right what's the percentage of failed payments drop-off rate churn all of that if you're somebody that's building a roster for an assistant coach let's talk about that if you have a team you know Are we doing audits and performance reviews for our team members? Right. KPIs are critical for building leadership and efficiency and processes in your business right so again take this run with it start implementing start tracking if you have questions about systems or tools dm me the word or the letters i guess kpi that way i will know exactly what you need and we can dive into maybe what might be easy for you depending on where you're at in your business i'm always happy to help and until next time have a good one y'all i want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the taylor de podcast Love the episode? Share and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time, bye y'all.